It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. everyone to Locked On Nuggets. I'm your host, Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us. Joining me today is Adam Myers from DNVR. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Nile. We'll be bringing you the absolute best in sustainably sourced diamond rings at BlueNile.com featuring the 1010 collection. On today's show, we're going to talk about the absolute ass-kicking that the Denver Nuggets handed the Portland Trailblazers in their second preseason game. We're going to talk about Will Barton's posts game comments which were not uh so much of the positive variety um and that dovetails a little bit into something that michael malone also said which makes me a little bit nervous about everything going on there we will yeah. also talk about how many guys have to be in the rotation if you're gonna make like a 10-man rotation is it gonna be 12 man like how many guys have to play for the Denver nuggets this year because they certainly look like one of the deeper teams in the nba this season but let's start with the Denver Nuggets absolute demolition, destruction, annihilation of the Portland Trailblazers. Look, it's a preseason game, but if you're going to have a preseason game, that one's a pretty good one to have. They absolutely just stomped that team. Uh, I was – it wasn't just that they they stomped them. It was how good they looked on both ends of the floor with all of the units. Adam Mares, your take on last night's game. Um, just that, I mean, it, so it's funny because it is a preseason game. Cause you want to just run through, you know, everything and be like, they're unbelievable. They're a great team, but it's a preseason game. And as I rewatched it, Portland being horrible defensively stands out as much as Denver being yep. off- offensively. I mean, Portland defended them, I think right into Den- the way that Den and Jokic in particular can take advantage. But that being said, what stands out to me is, the Nuggets now have more playmakers on their roster and in their rotation than any point during this era of basketball by a lot. And it just seems like having that much, that many guys that can put the ball on the court and run a pick and roll, um, it just, it, it makes for a very entertaining style. And I'm optimistic that what we saw last night is actually who the Nuggets are going to be this year. Maybe not every night. They might not shoot 40%, but 40% is not like a huge outlier. I mean, 36% is about average. So they made one or two more threes than usual, but they just had so many guys that could go from one action to the next and keep things moving and attack quickly and make good reads. And they were just getting shots at the rim, open three-pointers all night long. 
I was focusing on a couple of things. One, the off-ball movement, particularly with the second unit, was sublime. Like, they were moving so much off-ball. There was not really – last year, they were pretty stagnant. Um, and I, that, I think, is a big – like, you don't want to see Impredictable. Yeah, and you don't want to see that with the Denver Nuggets offense, right? Like, for, for with the kind of talent that they have, especially built around Jokic, you just don't want to see that. So, to see them move as much as they did – was very I was struck by it I was like man they are just and that coincided with I'm sure uh I need the official statement from you Adamarez was the ball popping the ball are you kidding 39 assists Matt that would have been a record I know it's a preseason so maybe we have to discount that by a little bit but 39 percent would have been the most would have beaten the high of last season so the ball was absolutely popping. And what I liked, too, was it wasn't just Jokic was – usually when the ball's popping, it means they're playing through Jokic and, like, okay, this is happening. I thought Hartenstein was great at – I mean, he had some great passes, but he also had more than the passes were the screens. Will Barton, P.J. Dozier, Monte Morris, just they had so many guys that were moving the ball quickly, making quick decisions and finding the open man. And, yeah, the ball was absolutely popping. Hartenstein really stood out on rewatch. Yes, he did. Uh, just uh, he was making some passes that I didn't know that was in his wheelhouse. Did not know that they. That he so, was, yeah, I've done a little bit of a deep dive on him lately, kind of going back into some of the film. Um, and we have a video up on on thedmbr.com about it. Um, he he actually has he's an interesting player because he has some really high level passes in his arsenal. Plays that make you go like, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was a skilled big. But then he has a lot of um, – this happens a lot where you have a skilled big, but they always – they're about 10% worse than they think they are. And he has a <laughs> lot of those as well where it's like, oh, wow, through the legs, spin move, one-handed cross-court pass. Oh, but it's intercepted. Yeah. So he has a – so last night was the variety where it worked out on all of them. I'm curious to see if that's sustainable or not. Um, but last night he he had some – what I would call, you know, fairly complex reads that he made very smoothly. I think a lot of it is that, well, one, I think, I think Malone is specifically built and uniquely made to be able to help with that because that's what he had to help with Jokic with a little bit, right? Was to be like, look, I know right. you can make this pass, but I'm not sure that you should make this pass. Um, and, with Jokic, and it's a lot of the like, no look, he got really famous. Fancy with with Hartenstein. I'm talking more about the like you actually can't make that pass kind of stuff. Where <laughs> right, right. I'm not saying you can get a little are, too fast and lose. Yeah, I'm not saying that the two are equal. I'm more saying that like Malone is able, I think, to translate and say like, look, I'm glad that you know he's able to to say like, look, I'm glad that you're confident. You you can pass. You right. are a good passer. Right. You know, right. just don't do this thing. Um, and I think right. he'll he'll be receptive to that feedback as well love is energy katie when you talked about that like he just he brings a real energy on that second unit um you mentioned the blazers defense that was one thing i noticed because the blazers defense is transitioning out of drop which as you know i hate with a passion uh and i was like oh hey maybe this will be better and then i realized that they're like they're 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 really gonna try and hedge with with nurkic and Cantor. and oh oh boy that's to me, that's not even where the, the scary part of that is. The scary part to me is that very often, especially in the second unit, which is where the game got blown open in that end of first quarter, start of second, your backside rotation guy is Carmelo Anthony. 
Yeah. And that, that to me was where a lot of this kind of broke down. Denver had a lot of those short roll passes and then the, the roller drops it off to the dunker spot guy. And a lot of that was Covington, Carmelo, Anthony guys that just aren't going to be able to rim protect. And, and were so far behind the play that Denver was making it look easy. Yeah. And I think, um, that played into how Denver was able to get the ball moving, right? Because they were like yeah. they were trying to put two on ball, and they put no pressure whatsoever because Nurkic and Cantor can't apply any yeah. pressure. And then, like, I mean, that's a big thing. Is like you mentioned that second unit. Um, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought that through last night. That like, if Melo's not starting, everyone's like, finally, Melo accepted a bench roll. Yeah, that means that Melo's on the bench unit with yeah. Cantor. Canter with Canter, yep. Oh boy, oh boy, is that... you might have been right about your Portland take, man. I mean, you—it's like it's preseason, pre-season. all this, but you were low on them. You were you you were low on this on this for this very reason defensively. And last night, I definitely saw it. I was like, oh wow, this team, this team's gonna struggle defensively. Yeah. Um, Michael Bore Jr. three of seven from the field, two of four from three. Thought he looked good. The trailer three that he hit um looked very much him i didn't i haven't noticed any sort of like issues he looks like uh he doesn't look like he's forcing it too much he looks like he's getting a steady diet of shots like jamal i thought was looking for him a little bit more um not an outstanding mpj game but i also didn't feel like i I feel like mpj is not as wild as he was last year so far and for preseason i'm totally okay with the shooting numbers too what do you think Oh, I'm not worried about his shooting numbers because he has missed a, sh- a bunch of shots that I think, you know, are him. He's, he's to me, though, we're two preseason games in. My number one talk, th- thought is he still – his usage still appears to be a lot lower than what I anticipated. And maybe that's just because it's going to take months to kind of work him in. The Nuggets aren't running a lot of actions that directly involve him. So he's a little bit of a – you know, he's on the same footing as Millsap and Gary Harris in terms of how much are Denver trying to get him the ball, right? You try to get Jokic the ball, you try to get Murray the ball, and then the other three just fill in where it is. And at least at the moment, you know, he seems to be with it. But I do wonder just what is that process like? Because I do think by the end of the season, if this is the case, I, I just I think it's going to get uncomfortable for the Nuggets. But that being said, you know, he he is doing he. You can tell he's focused on a lot of the other things. He still makes some really low level mistakes. Um, uh, you know, he fills in enough gaps. And then you mentioned his shot making that trail three. Those shots, I feel like all of his buckets are found money. It's almost like you take the established nugget, and it is the established nuggets, Jamal, Jokic, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap. This guy's been here for four years now. You know what you get out of him. Then then MPA maybe once a quarter hits a three and and transition. That's just adding extra points onto what Denver already does. So I think already it's a positive but I do have my eye on it because I feel like it's below what it should be, but maybe everybody just has to be patient with that, including MPJ. It's true. Uh, speaking of patience, there's some folks that don't seem as patient about what their role is despite playing brilliantly last night. And then I'm talking about Will Barton and that's who we're going to talk about after the break. But before we go to the break, I want to tell you about headspace. So look, Life's stressful right now under normal circumstances, but this year has been challenging more than any other. And I know so many people who have had just so much stress in their lives over the last, let's say randomly four years, but especially this year. Um, You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. 
Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Science matters, folks. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you make you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some fall help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions. Their members swear by. I used that last night, as a matter of fact. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Their approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. This stuff is really important. I'm a person whose mind races all the time, and I have to be able, especially as I get older, I have to take time in order to recenter myself so that I'm keeping track of everything that I need to and keeping myself in the best place and not getting overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the world and in my own life. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 6 million downloads. Uh, my brother-in-law is an, uh, a now lieutenant colonel, congratulations to him, in the Air Force. He's also a CrossFit trainer. He's also studying for his PhD in philosophy. He has a lot going on. He swears wow. by Headspace, thinks it's Captain absolutely America. fantastic for getting him into a place where he can keep track of all the things going on in his life. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is a meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash lockedonmba. That's headspace.com slash lockedonmba for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash lockedonmba today. We'll be right back. I'm locked. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Second segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Matt Moore, joined by Adam Marez. Let's talk about Will Barton, Adam. Uh, Will Barton last night looked brilliant. He led that second unit. He looked like he fit like a glove. Four of nine from the field, nine points, a plus 11. Um, three assists, was making plays, just looked like it fit like a glove. And then after the game was pretty clear, he's a starter. He has no intentions of being a six man this year. He has no intentions of being a six man in his career. Will uh, was pivotal to this team developing into a contending team. He stuck with this team. He wanted to be a part of this team. He's one of the few guys that has wanted to be in Denver. He's wanted to make this his franchise. Um, he has helped develop the young guys. He has been patient with the process the whole way through. He never blanched on any of that. He earned a starting unit. 
job. He earned his starting job. He went from a backup, which everyone kind of thought was going to be his lifelong career role. Improved. He could be good as a starter. Uh, He got injured before the 2019 playoffs um, and was not the same when he came back, lost his starting job in the playoffs. He suffered a, a, what has been called a freak kind of injury by management in the bubble and could not get healthy there and eventually left the bubble to go get treatment. He was gone for quite a while, came back, is ready to go. The story is complicated. Uh, I tried to make this point last night that this is my big thing with Will. If you, if one of us were to ask him, well, Will, who is it that you think you should start over? I'm not sh- I think, I don't think he would answer. I think he'd say that's for coach to decide. I don't think that he's mad that Gary Harris is starting over him. I don't think he's mad that MPJ or Paul Millsap are starting over him. I just think that he's very clear about, I don't care how it happens, but I'm a starter. Um, his career earnings have to do with this as his contract gets closer to being up. It's just going to be harder if he's coming off the bench to get the kind of money that he wants. Um, this is going to be his last major deal coming up and that plays a role in this as well. Um, I don't know if there's a remedy, especially given the easy answer, I think from nuggets fans is like, well, look, Gary Harris can't shoot. Why don't we just start Will Barton for Gary Harris? Um, on top of the money that Gary's making, which is a lot, you know, Gary does bring something to the team in terms of his defense is meaningful in a way that most that oftentimes does not reflect in the box score. And mm. I feel like that combo of Harris and Millsap, if nothing else, it makes Malone, I think, feel a lot better about the defense, um, about what they can do. Yeah. Do, what are your thoughts right now on Will Barton's comments and where we go from here? Well, what I like about how you put all this, Matt, is I think it's really easy to reduce any of these conversations to like a black and white thing, like just, oh, he should go to the bench or he doesn't, he, this or that. But the thing that I think is interesting about this situation is all what you just said. He's earned it. He's earned, he's put in the dues with the team. He is, in my opinion, one of the five best players. There is a financial piece to this with him being in a contract. You're like, all those things are true. But then you step back and think, well, what is best for the team? And what's best for the team in this instant, I think, is probably not what's best for Bill Barton. I do think that, especially after seeing him last night and completely unlock, in my opinion, completely unlock that second unit, and I watch it and I go, man, this would be perfect. Because as much as I think he is more valuable than Gary Harris overall, Gary brings something in that first unit that, you know, he's just a better defender. And you watch him even last night, Gary Harris, especially on rewatch, his defense out as elite. And so you watch that and you go, yeah, that's what the first unit needs more than what they will Barton. Watch the second. Gary Harris would defend in that second unit, but who'd he be guarding? It wouldn't be Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. So it's probably less valuable. So this is one of those things where I don't think there is an answer that is correct for everybody, but I do think the answer that's correct for the 2021 Denver Nuggets is to bring Will Barton off the bench and maybe close games with him. It probably still play a lot of minutes, but um, I, I think that's what's best, but I don't, him for making this a, a, a storyline and I'm scared I'm, I would say I'm worried that it's going to be something like 
Malone's going to have to make this call. And if the call is Will Barton off the bench, I, I don't know how he'll handle that. I hope that he good soldier it and go through the season and work hard and try to win a championship with the Nuggets. But it's just one of those things where I look at and I go, yeah, I understand why he thinks this because it's fair to everyone but him. Yeah. Um, so Will's got a player option for next summer. And I think... I think the team itself is always going to be supportive of Will, but I think Malone might be actually just hoping that something opens this, like solves this for him. Right. That like, not hoping, but like, look, somebody's going to get hurt. Like Millsap, you know, Millsap or MPJ or Gary Harris will get made up and then we'll go in. And if we play great, maybe that's like how it sticks, you know? Um, I think Malone's talked a lot about the bench unit and how that bench unit operates and like what makes the bench. Like, I think it, I think he's really concerned about the bench unit. Like, I think that's one thing that, that last year, like the bench unit was at like, there were times when the bench unit was better than the starters early in the season. But as the season went on consistently, like you always want everybody to be great. Like you, I, I always say this is like, the most of the teams are modeled to where the starters are a big plus, especially like the top teams, the starters are big plus, And then the bench is like, you want them to be like a small minus. Those are most of the good teams. And then um, like the best teams are ones where it's like the bucks are ones where it's like all of the starters are a plus and all of the bench are a plus. And you just like, that's what last yeah. night was. Like you just kill them no matter yeah. who's on the court. And you're always kind of aiming for that. And will definitely like, they're just, having another ball handler, having another creator, having another shooter, having a veteran, all of that. He does bring a lot in that capacity on the bench. A lot of it is that like they don't miss in the starting unit what he provides. Right. Yes, exactly. MPJ covers his shooting. Jamal has evolved as a playmaker. Like there was a time in which I would think that like they needed him because Jamal wasn't as good of a passer yet, but Jamal's become a great passer. And that I think changes the dynamic of what they need in the starting unit. Um, I also think, I, I, I think, look, Andre Iguodala never wanted to come off the bench in, in Golden State. Never wanted mm. to do that. That he would be asked about it. There were a couple of years where everybody's like, why isn't he winning six man of the year? And the answer was because the media wasn't voting for him because Andre Iguodala was like, I don't want it. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a six man. If, it's so weird if, how people don't want that or don't like the, the even that label. Yeah, like six man is what you take before you move into the starters, but once you're a starter, you know, unless you're like Lou Williams or or Jamal Crawford, like you know, he's a bucket hoopers no dudes. Like then it's like it's a way to get some extra dough. Um, I think I think Will worked a lot on his defense. Like he he's been challenged so much over the last couple of years that he doesn't want to accept those step backwards and i also think that probably at this point this is one of the things is like will starts on a lot of teams like there's a lot of teams where will starts right like that's one of the problems it's like the question is not this is maybe the biggest issue is like the question is not whether will barton is good enough to start you know yeah 
And, of and course, he, it's the same with Michael Porter. Is he good enough to be a first or second option for certain teams and, and grow into that overall? Probably. Is Bol Bol, Zeke Naji, were they are they good enough to be rookies that would be playing on, you know, end of bench guys for other teams? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody takes a little bit of a sacrifice on this team except for Jamal and Nicola because they're the established cornerstones. Right. So everybody else has to sort of fit in alongside of that. And um, it is tough. But I will say, I do want to go to this point, though, because – I really do think that, especially seeing it in action, and I don't know, you know, Compazzo or Dozier, if those guys are going to become interchangeable, if Jermichael Green maybe also a little interchangeable there, or Isaiah Hartenstein, I don't know. But Will Barton just seems to really unlock whatever combination of second unit you put, because he can shoot, because he can handle, because he has length, um, and can play the three if you need to in that second unit. It just really, really looked good. And so I, I do think that – if he were to accept it, even through gritted teeth for one season, I do think it's the best version of the Nuggets. That makes them the best version. There will be a conversation going forward uh, in Denver media about trading Will Barton. Like, just get ready for that. Because, like, that's going to be the conversation. Is like, well, if he's going to That conversation's happened for years. So, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is like, there's a lot of people that have wanted him to gone anyway. They don't think he's that good. And so, they're going to be like, well, if he's going to complain, then he's got to be gone. Um, my, my opinion is that it's going to take – Will Barton saying, I want out. Like, it's going to have to Will Barton being right. like, I want out. And I, you know, I don't think that that's impossible. I don't think that, that, like, look, a lot of this, again, is the contract. I just can't stress that enough that, like, I view all of this through the lens of Will Barton has a 2020-21 player option. And that impacts everything. That, again, this is his last major deal. This is his last big contract. And him going to sixth man, six men do not get the kind of money that he's going to want. And I'll say this too, like there's going to be a lot of money on the market that teams have freed up for Giannis, who's yeah. no longer available. And so right. again, like that's, that is life-changing money for him, his family and his community in Baltimore, which he's put a lot into. So yeah. there's just like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on here that goes beyond, I think, the simple dynamics of I want to play more minutes or I want the prestige of a starter. It's it's about more than that. Uh, before we go to break, I want to ask you, uh, I was I don't have Malone address this postgame. Composo? Nine minutes? What? Why? <laughs> well, he might be out. I mean, this is what's interesting is we've gotten two games now with very different rotations and now you and part of this is barton came back so you wonder you know how everything staggers maybe i mean maybe he's not in maybe he's in sometimes but not all the time i wouldn't be surprised if in this next preseason game against the same team the portland trailblazers if they put him in and took one guy out so i don't i don't know but it is the Nuggets find themselves in this situation all the time. And Tim Conley always says, would you rather us have fewer good players? But they do have enough guys that should play that somebody that should play is not going to play. And last night it was him. I'm curious to see if game one opening night against Sacramento, if it's him or if it's Dozier or if it's Hartenstein or, or Green or somebody else. I, I really don't know that answer right now. Well, that's a, an interesting question that we need to dive into a little bit more because the Nuggets have too many dudes. And we got to figure out who exactly we think – should be in and should be out and how many they should play. We'll talk about that after the break, but first I want to talk to you about Bilko. Bilko is perfect for breaking through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, you break through it with go every day. These are easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages 
of a protein gel and they are incredible. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation, your golf bag to power through that back nine or put it in your pocket just to get through your day. Bilco is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Bilco combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's, the collagen is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Then the Bilco kicks in to keep you going strong with B6, B12, which is 10,000% of your daily percentage. It's huge on this kind of stuff to boost your immune system, not only during this particular time in our lives, but also just generally speaking, like I hate... I hate feeling worn down and that immune system boost means your body is not having to be focused on trying to keep you healthy and you're going to have more energy. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Visit Bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. We're right back on LOCKED. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Adam Mata is joining me. So, Adam, um, we have gone through two preseason games. There have been many, 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 many players on this team that have played. I want to ask you this. Let's go through the list of players and try and get a determination for, like, do they have to play in the regular season? Like, do these guys have to get minutes? Can we do that, you think? Am I, is, is this approach okay? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I, I will you, tell you right now, I think that the plan is going to be for guy, a non-consistent lineup for guys 9, 10, and 11. I think that that might rotate. So, All right. So let's go through. Um, I think Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic probably need to play. The, those I agree. Guys, those strong guys strong agree. Those guys seem good. Um, Michael Porter Jr., no matter what the role is, needs to play. Um, can we stop there though for a second and just ask you this? Because Will Barton's saying he wants to play, and we're all like, "Well, he didn't start this game because he was hurt, but maybe he will start and he'll take Gary's spot, or maybe Millsap." Like, is there a chance that he just takes Michael Porter Jr.'s spot? Yes. Well, there you go, Nuggets fans. Now in panic mode yep. <laughs> until opening night. I mean, this is the thing: is like a, a lot of it is if your entire culture is built on like you have to earn it, right? And if MPJ is not like one of the of the best players on the court, that makes it tough. And like the like fans will gravitate towards Gary and be like, "But Gary doesn't shoot well." And it's like, "But Malone oh, likes of course, all the stuff." Yeah, it's the easiest thing. Yeah, Malone likes all the stuff that he does, right? And I think there's a balance between the two. I do. Like, the I Nuggets honestly, held him under 95 last night. 
Yeah, like I that's think, it, everybody focuses on that they scored 41 in the first quarter and 126 or whatever it was. They also held them to 95. There was another part of this that was great, and it was the defensive part mm-hmm. of which Harry gets a lot of the credit. Um, Millsap was fantastic last night, right? Yeah. Like showed what he can yeah. do, but so much of it was because of the defensive scheme. And like you talked about MPJ not being yeah. having as many shots, a lot of that was because specifically the Blazers, and this is part of the problem is. The whole thing, like MPJ is a top sheet or at least top of the second sheet drafts, like scouting report guy now. Like they know oh, he's talented. For sure. And especially when you talk about gravity, because one thing I think is funny about the Millsap uh, Michael Porter combo is they guard Porter as if he's Steph Curry and they guard Millsap as if he's, uh, you know, Roberson. And right. Millsap, two of four last night, he keeps knocking down three. So it's kind of funny. He's, he might just be the guy everybody leaves open and he always knocks it down. Right, and so that's kind of the thing. Um, now, inserting Will into the starting lineup automatically changes that. Like that, to me, would probably be my adjustment. Is I would at least be like, look, Millsap did not expect to start coming. Like last year, he knew that he was going to wind up probably coming off the bench. I would start Will and move MPJ to four and see how it goes. And if they just wow. get annihilated defensively, if they just get like, put it on them. Put it, put it on those guys and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you guys this opportunity, but if you give up a 115 defensive rating, that ain't going to work. Right. Like, that's what I – That's. I mean, I'm not an NBA coach. We'll never have as much basketball knowledge as Malone, but that's what I would do is I would be like, let's, let's try five best players. These are our five best guys. Let's, let's try it. Give them the opportunity. If you fight defensively and you stay locked in, we can do this. I'm not worried about rebounding. MPJ is a fantastic rebounder. I'm not worried about um, – no, I am I'm definitely worried about backside defense. That's definitely a, a thing I'm worried about. But if you adjust your scheme, you can be okay. You know, you're only going to face so many cutting teams. So that's what I would do. Um, Let me ask you this. In the first 10 games of the season, are the Nuggets better with Barton in for MPJ, Barton in for Gary, Barton in for Millsap, or Barton off the bench? Ten, first 10 games only. It's a cop-out if I say it depends on the matchup, right? Like that's a cop-out? I, I don't get to answer that? Yeah, it's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. Because okay. you, can't, you can't do a starting line that's matchup dependent. You can't do that. I think you can. I've seen it before. Like, you know. I, I'm going to go ahead and say you can't. Okay. You <laughs> I'm can't. just going to make it a rule. If, you can't do you, that. Because I don't see Malone doing that. If you can't. If you can't, then I will go ahead and say that um, I believe the best way to address this is I think they're best if Harris goes to the bench and Barton starts. Wow. Man, I don't know if I agree with that. I love that. I wouldn't say this if it wasn't for how well Will defended last year. Um, Yeah, he was very good. Adding the size, adding you have another like a lot of this is also Gary's just he could still run the tried and true handoff stuff and can cut, but Will is so much more dynamic off the dribble. And having another ball handler is going to fundamentally shift the way. So like if you run side pick and roll and they overload the strong side and you reverse the ball to Will, the defense now has to scramble back to the other side. And what that does is that shakes loose MPJ's man, so MPJ is going to get more opportunity. Right. And if they stay home, Will's got single coverage. 
Versus if Gary's got single coverage, I'm like, that's like a 40% success opportunity, depending on what happens. They may have to just reset it, right? Um, yeah. Like, this is it. It's like, yeah. if it's about gravity, essentially, is that Gary's gravity is going to be lower than Will's. And so... Um, oh, by a lot. And, and like, defensively, I like it. Um, or defensively, like, I, I, I'm sold on Harris and Millsap together, make it work. I just, I would want to at least see like Will was good enough defensively last year to gamble on it and be like, let's, let's see how this goes. And if the defense yeah. Im- it just implodes, then you go to something else. But part of this is just like, you do have, like, you've got two defensive weak spots. No. Uh, okay. You have conditional defensive weak spots in Jokic and Murray, they're matchup vulnerable. And you have MPJ, who's a defensive weak spot, right? Now, I would also say, like, Gary's Gary's also a defensive weak spot based on matchup, where if he has to go up against a big, tall two-guard, he str- struggles. And if Millsap has to go up against a hyper-athletic stretch four, at this point in his career, he struggles. Like, there are just there are matchups that all five guys are going to struggle with, and that's okay. That, that's how it goes for the league. Um, but we're talking about, like, the variance here. So, that like, that's where I would start and go from there. Um, but I, I can make an argument for all three guys going to the bench. I can make an argument for any of the three. How many, co- if there's 30 coaches in the NBA, how many of them would start the lineup that started last night, in your opinion? I know this is tough. We're just ballparking here. 27. So most, most coaches. Yeah. And then you get a few that maybe would, would tinker and do a little bit more offensively minded lineups or defensively minded lineups or, or right. here or there. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a bunch um, of, coaches, there's a bunch of coaches that just wouldn't start MPJ. Like they just wouldn't like, yeah. like it would be a sore point with the management. It would be a toxic relationship. Yeah. Well, um, I, to me, it's Barton off the bench. I just, I think it's going to make the most sense. Now, closing lineup is different. And that's the thing that should matter more. And I do think that there are two closing, three closing lineups that make, actually all of those combinations make sense given, you know, what's happening throughout the game. But I think Barton, if you were to tell me who closes the games, Jokic 100% of the time, Murray 100% of the time. Will Barton might be next on that list of guys that closes. You know, I mean, he's right there with like Millsap and Gary and, and MPJ is any of those guys can close given how the game unfolded and this or that. So um, that should be more important. I know it's not, but I, I, and, and by, by the way, Malone has kept hinting at, I'm not here to make guys happy. This is going to happen. And you were talking about this early on. I do think that he knows this isn't, somebody's going to be really pissed off. <laughs> Somebody might be so pissed off that they demand a trade or make a fit of us. And maybe the best way to handle that is just say, Hey, we're competing for a championship. Do you want that or not? And leave it at that. And if they don't, then they probably were going to let you down at some point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I want to keep going with, with our little thought exercise. So the starters. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay. Monte's got to play, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we can put Barton in too. Put Barton in. He's got to play. I mean, Barton, starters and Barton, that's seven. Okay. Now we're a seven-man yeah. rotation already. Um, Hardenstein, just because of the lack of center Almost. depth. <laughs> right? I'm going to, I'm going to right there. I'm going to stop you right there and say all those other guys to me are locks and Hartenstein is not a lock, but he's pretty close because the nuggets have run. One thing that they've done is they've run the Millsap green lineup and it's been great. In fact, last night, I think that probably had the greatest, you know, plus minus 
of all of them. They made a huge push when they put those two on the court together. And one of the reasons for this, those lineups are five out lineups. You, you don't, you're not running pick and roll with Jermichael Green or, or Paul Millsap a whole lot. You're playing out wide and those guys are picking and popping and the paint is wide open. Okay. I like that point. You kind of rolled your eyes the whole time. I, I was oh, saying. no, I'm with you. No, I'm with you. No, I'm 100% with you. I'm just like, oh, man, this is tough. Like that. No, I'm with you. Right. I'm, I'm 100% yeah. with you on this. Like, I think. And Hartenstein was great. He gets an A++ last night. He was. Yeah. He really impressed me. Um, Jamichael Green, even though he struggled in preseason, I think probably has to be on the list just because, like, they've sunk money into him. Like, he's a veteran. You put money in. No? Maybe. No? Um, I, I Again, now you're just getting – he's on the same footing to me as DJ Dozier and Compasso, where it's like, okay, those guys, it's more – one of those three guys to me is not going to play, and I don't know if it's going to be the same guy every night. So basically you're saying that there's – so we in, – in your mind, you're basically like there's seven, and then Locks. the rest of it is fluid, right? I, that's, that's what I think. I mean, I don't know, but that's what I think. Like, I, I just think it would be weird if Hartenstein got a DNPCD. I think it'd be weird if Dozier got a DNPCD. I think it'd be weird if Compasso, like, Compasso only playing nine I think, Harten, I think Hartenstein, I'm, I'm with you on that. There, there might be games where he just doesn't play much, but I right. do think he's going to have at least one stint in almost every game. Right. Um, like, Compasso is very confused. Like, I'm, I'm very confused by the nine-minute thing, and this is not at all related to my joking, prodding of you. Like, this is serious in terms of, like – all we hear is so much positive stuff. Malone has like raved about him. Like he does very few players like compare the raving of Michael Porter jr. To the raving about Compasso. And like, he loves Compasso and Compasso plays nine minutes. Like maybe he's banged up. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was just like, Oh, here's the plan. I want to see more of Dozier in that second unit, et cetera. You know, let's get Will some good minutes. To, so that he doesn't feel like he's got his shorts short shrifted on the stint. But like, I was just very confused by that because the way it was talking, you know, like our friend and colleague and insane person, TJ McBride was like, he's going to start. And I was like, no, nah, not going to happen. But like, I would think that Compasso was absolutely going to be like a rotation guy. And if we say that there's seven dudes that are locks yeah. and then another one's got to go to a big Right. right? Yeah. If it's either Jamichael and we like either I think Jamichael it's him and Dozier. I just, what? I just think it's him and Dozier and, yeah. and look, some of this, like we're doing this all now cause it's before the season and everybody's healthy. Right. Some of this solves itself. In fact, I would say of the 72 games, probably at least 45 of them, this isn't going to be a question because there's going to be one guard that is out for one reason or another. So that bumps everybody up. So this is really more of an early season question than it is later on in the season where these things resolve themselves. But it is, it is an issue. And I think it's Dozier and Composite flip back and forth between who, who it is. Um, it's it's crazy. worth putting all of our European friends, including like pr the professionals that cover the league, think it's insane to think that Dozier would play over. Like, yeah. They think that's an absolutely crazy person take. Yeah, so, I uh, but know. I also think about a lot of that. Dozier's playing more three now. Like that's part of it. It's like, yeah. but you, you you can't put the five eleven dude at small forward. You can't that's not a thing. And, um, and Dozier and Barton, it's weird because they're both small, like thin for the three, but they're both long for the two. So it kind of evened out. Yeah. Um, how, how are you feeling about Bull Bull being like the major impact like revelation this season? How's that take feeling right now? 
I didn't have Bull Bull as being a major impact guy. Don't don't do this. Don't don't inflate don't inflate the conversation. He was always going to be a bench player and a and a swing player, but it looks like he might not even be you know off the bench. I actually think his year probably mirrors PJ Dozier season last year. You oh, know, yeah. Dozier was a two way guy. You know, wasn't playing, and then by the end of the year, it was like, hey, he's in a little bit, not not a lot, but a little bit. And then the playoffs played in about half of the games most of those for like four minutes at a you know, total. So I think that'll probably be Bull Bull as well. He's so talented. First of all, he gets 10 points and six rebounds in six minutes. Like he puts yeah. up stats yeah. and his shot, absolutely filthy. But he also gave up an offensive rebound on a free throw that he, you, it's when somebody gives up a offensive rebound on a free throw, it's usually like somebody really had to work for it, just barely got it. And then was able to put it back. That was one where he just got pushed out of bounds, grabbed the ball and then went up for, I think it was Cantor, just pushed him out of bounds, grabbed the ball, and put it up. Like, it's like, okay, that's a repeatable thing. I think we'll both get pushed under the basket on every single free throw. And I know that's just one example, but that's, it's an indicative of like how his weaknesses are so big that you think it would have, it's repeatable. It'll just keep happening. So um, sadly, I think he's, in fact, I feel very confident. I should say I know that he is part of Denver's long-term plans at the moment. You know, that can change if good trade comes up or whatever. But I know that they still believe in him as being a guy that is like, hey, long-term, he's, he is the fit. Um, but maybe I do think this is a season where he plays very, very, very limited minutes and maybe grows into a semi-backup role, you know, later on in the season. It's interesting because I think he's leaning more towards like, well, he is what he is, and he's just like, there's just certain things he can't get past right now. And I lean more towards like, this just, this is like a, an ill omen for how things have gone in training camp of like, you think? If he, yeah. If he hasn't, if he hasn't worked into a way where it's like, we got to get minutes for this guy. I want to see him in a game environment. Then like for him to be this far back in the rotation, I'm like, I'm a little concerned on that. Like he hasn't been one of those names that you've heard really talked about in terms of, of, as camp has gone on of shining like that just hasn't been as much of a we word heard one day one day somebody said he was the standout so yeah, yeah one but that's the only thing we've heard yeah so um i have i have one more thing for you before we go okay i'm not selling any bull bull stock by the way i okay. want that to be clear i just okay i am selling his minutes though for this year because i don't get okay. early on all right I'm, I'm marking you down as still still in bubble um i want to congratulate marcus howard for <laughs> for uh leading the nba being tied and leading the nba in field goal percentage one of one from the field all time all time, yeah. all time preseason tied for the number one spot i'm telling you that guy man i mean i don't think he's gonna play and i really am not counting on him as an nba player but what he did last night with a step back contested three off the dribble that is exactly what his game is he is a 5'11 steph curry in terms of just shooting nothing else in fact i don't even know if he knows how to pass the ball but when it comes to making tough step back threes, he is on Steph Curry's level. And he showed that last night with his one shot. I don't know if anybody's asked Malone this, if they haven't, I'm going to ask him tomorrow because they're not practicing today um, about whether, about what the projection is for the next preseason game, whether they're going to rest dudes or go. Cause it's like, if you only have three, usually it's like you play guys, you start low and then you increase and then you cape down. And I just wonder if Malone's just There's treating this as like, like nope like the starter's gonna play like 25 minutes and then like yeah, we're keeping yeah. the same number of rotation we'll just switch guys in and out but i am kind of expecting especially second half of this last preseason game to see a lot more like i'm excited for compasso bowl bowl pick and roll is what i'm is that's what i'm kind of like thinking we're gonna see a lot of 
my prediction is this next game sees Compazzo play over somebody. I don't know who, maybe probably Dozier. Um, maybe you try something different in the starting lineup, but I, I don't anticipate it. I really don't. Um, so my guess is they play the exact same minutes, and then your fourth quarter you get more bowl bowl time. Maybe R.J. Hampton's back in the lineup, and we see him again and Zeke Najee. So I think it, it mimics this game. You get six days off or five days off. They don't play till next Wednesday. I think you need to get the reps in to see what they look like. Uh, I will say, once, once again, it's really amazing that the Nuggets continue to have the same problem, which is they have too many good players. Like, this has been, like, a consistent problem over the last four or five years is that they have – it used to be that they had dudes that were all the same level of good, and then Jokic established himself, and then, yeah. you know, Harris established himself, and yeah. and then Murray developed. Um, and so there's definitely a stratification now. They're not all the same. But there's just like this exercise just really shows like they just have so many good, good, good NBA players. This is, this is an incredibly deep team. And so it's incredible. Tim Conley has just been so good at this. The legend of Tim Conley is like already solidified with his ability to find maybe not great players in free agency or off the end of the, because, but, but to be able to identify diamonds in the rough, he's just so good at it. And this might be his best year ever. I mean, we'll see it's early, but Hartstein to me looks good. And it's funny because I saw a bunch of people ragging on him. Like, Oh, that's Denver's backup center. That's going to be an issue. I don't think he is. I, oh, I think might he's not good. Be gr- might be good, but I don't think he's going to be a, like a weakness for Denver. And then, you know, Jermichael Green's a player. Composso's a player. Dozier now, they've done the slow process thing with Dozier, where now it looks like when he's in there, you feel confident. They just – and then Bol Bol, Zeke, Zeke Naji to me, I, I, he's not going to play, I don't think, a whole lot this year. But you, you see the tool set, and you go, oh, yeah, that guy a year from now, I think he's a really reliable rotation piece. So they just – absolutely. Tim Conley's done a good job of this for six years, and this might be his best one yet. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Make us part of your day. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Check out all the great stuff on the Locked On Network, including injecting the screen, Noah Kozlov. Make sure to check out all of our stuff. Go to DNBR and check that out. Go to the Action Network. Download our app. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow with another edition of Locked On Nuggets. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.